So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Wow. What a week in wrestling. Maybe it's depressing to you if you're a diehard fan that some of your favorites got released by the WWE this week. We will go into even greater depth about that. Who was released, why were they released, and all the rumors. Is WWE up for sale? That's not a news story, but we'll get into all of the speculation. Plus, we'll do a deep dive since everybody wants to hate on Stanford, Connecticut. Shake your fish out of from Jacksonville to Stanford, boy. We'll get into that because we'll be talking about uh, AEW stars that could have been WWE superstars. Do a little bit of a feature on that. This and so much more, the deepest dive we go inside cradle with this week. Sports Key to Wrestling. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Yes, watch out, watch out, watch out. What's up, everybody? I am Kev Kelm. That is Sid, who hopefully will not skid this week. We will find out. Uh, Sid uh, fi- filing in for uh, Rick Uccino. Now, Rick was supposed to be off. He was going to go to a friend's bachelor party this week, uh, which when you're an adult and you get married, as you may know, this said, uh, you know, you're in the fatherly life. Bachelor parties, bachelor parties are your quarterly getaway to to feel like like a child again or when you're watching wrestling and yelling about it on the Internet with your friends. So 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 yesterday we got the news. We'll get into it. It is the big story of the week. I think everyone knows that it is the story of the week. Uh, we will touch on some other ones, including Brock Lesnar, the news that broke about him right before you and I uh, started recording today. Uh, and we will talk about this. Is WWE up for sale? All right. We'll talk about that. And this wonderful feature video uh, and, and audio for you guys on the podcast side. You'll hear it, too, with all the music and jokes and things. A little piece we put together called the top five AEW wrestlers that turned down WWE. We have that top five. You can watch the whole video, but you'll be able to hear it in this episode, see it in this episode as well. So let's get into it. Latest on these WWE releases, huge, huge news. Rick and I go live with this yesterday. Rick was supposed to be off, so he gets away from his bachelor party to do this. Not his bachelor party, but a friend's, you know. I believe he's married. If he's having a bachelor party, he's married. That'd be bad. Sorry, Rick. Didn't mean to blow up your spot. Um so we get this story, and we knew this was coming. And tip of the cap is always to uh, Millennial Melter, uh, Millennial Melter, Sean Rossap at Fightful Select. He had been aware of that releases were coming, and they would involve some big names. But he said he wouldn't report on them until those people were informed themselves. Great ethical journalism on his part, because he could have went out and, and you know blew up so much. So the names come out. They include Braun Strowman, former WWE champion, Alistair Black, Lana. Buddy Murphy, Ruby Riot, Santana Garrett, uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't I don't know if I'm forgetting a name there, but it was overwhelming and sad. Uh, so these are some big names, some very very popular names, some very well paid names as well. Uh, specifically, Lana and Braun, I would say, were on the higher end of, of those yeah. those names noted there. So, Sid, 
your take on this before we go even deeper because some more information is coming out about it. I like to take a more optimistic, optimistic standpoint when it comes to releases. A lot of these people, you know, Andrew Zarian of Mattman Podcast came out and said that some of these releases were people that asked for their release. And it's a change in the culture of what WWE has been doing over the last three or four years where they did a lot of talent hoarding to keep people away mm-hmm. previously from New Japan Pro Wrestling and then 2019 and forward to keep them away from AEW. Now the people like, you know, in the past, the John Hubert, a.k.a. Luke Harper, who acts for his release, when he was with WWE and they kept him on the books for a while. FTR, who they kept on the books for a while. They, 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 they brought Huber back as a tag team player, too. Like yeah. They brought him back and put him on TV after he said that. Exactly. and But they kept him on because they wanted to keep people away from AEW. You could see that the shift has already came. We've we've talked about it a lot. Me and you talked about it last week with like WWE talking to New Japan about a potential working relationship. Nick Khan's come in and make big money deals with Fox, with Peacock selling the WWE Network. There is a dramatic shift in the way they think about business. And Braun Strowman is the key example of this. A guy that signs a contract with WWE in 2019 for a million dollars a year, guaranteed. That's before his downside. That's his yep. downside guarantee. A lot of that's money. A, that means he's before. he's in the he's got to be at least in the top ten, top twenty people paid in the company. Exactly. He thought he was safe. He even came out in public and said that he would never work for another company in, in his career. He's thirty seven mm-hmm. years old. He might have to start thinking about if he has other options out there. So I think that it's just this releases are just a prime example that there's been a business shift, a been a change in WWE in the way they are thinking. And I like to take an optimistic standpoint of all these people are going to bounce on their feet. Ru- uh, Ruby Riot, aka Heidi Lovelace, is going to be a valuable commodity, whether you're an AEW, an Impact Wrestling, an NWA, or Ring of Honor. She's going to go to those places and be a, such a valuable piece for whatever company she goes to. Uh, a Buddy Murphy or an Alice Black. These are two of the best wrestlers in the world, and they've been under the WWE, which don't always give you the same type of creative freedoms that they will have with these other promotions. So you will see their value really raise up, and maybe in a few years, they can come back to WWE for a big money deal, or they can go to an AEW and Impact Wrestling and really be a commodity for them and become a star and become a potential, you know, TNT champion, world champion, regardless of what promotion they and, go in to. some of their cases i will say specifically of all of them braun and this is no shot anyone else in the list braun was was a star for wwe oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. was featured at this year's wrestlemania he was on a pay-per-view in the world title match a few weeks ago two weeks um, ago yeah so th- it's his release is the most shocking of the bunch considering uh, his standing in the company when this happened alistair black very very shocking this was just being presented on their number one TV show of the multiple TV shows they have with character vignettes that were animated, completely pre-produced animation. Yes. So that takes a long, long time to do. Uh, and that, that may have been in the works for quite some time. Uh, but you've been following a situation with him. He is married to Thea Trinidad, formerly known in WWE Selena Vega. She left WWE on her own uh, tumultuous circumstances in the last year or so. And uh, he did a he was on her Twitch stream and he revealed a handful of things and basically saying what he was told is this was a budget cut. We're finding out more that John Laurinaitis, head of talent relations for WWE, texted the staff saying that this was done for a budget cut as well. 
yeah, it's done for budget cuts. They want to make the books look good, which, you know, plays into a lot of speculation that's been going on. Of We will get the, into that big rumor. We'll what get WWE into is planning for. But as far as like Aleister Black, there was a lot that he kind of came out and talked about. They had new entrance music for him. He came, he returned two weeks ago on SmackDown in the main event of the show and yeah. started a program with Big E. And he was supposed to kind of jumpstart that feud this week on Friday Night SmackDown. Fightful Select reported that, you know, the the creative for SmackDown weren't even aware that he was going to get released this week. They were already doing stuff, filming stuff for for this week's show. So they kind of have to revamp everything. I don't know what you do with Big E. Does Big E even address what happened, how he got cost the Intercontinental Championship, or does he pretend like it doesn't even happen? So this is a very whim, on a whim type decision, it feels like. And, you know, I think that's one of the main issues issues with WWE a lot of times is that a lot of stuff doesn't seem planned and you have to feel for someone like a Liv Morgan who you, I I know one of my one of my personal friends my colleagues on Wrestling Daily Stephanie Chase interviewed Liv Morgan an hour before Ruby Riot was released and the whole interview was about how Liv was excited for all the things she was going to do with Ruby Riot with the Riot Squad so it's crazy that an mm. hour later then her whole career gets changed she's still with the company but her career is totally different and on a totally different standpoint and it and it makes me remember back to her documentary on WWE network and how that's kind of been the theme of her entire career is that she's always got one thing going they got these vignettes for a new character for her then she comes back and she's like a lesbian character with lana then she they they, they scrap that and she's back with the riot squad and now yeah. she's with the riot squad and now ruby riot is gone and, and also she's still in the company you yeah. know she's still a viable piece so yeah and also another thing about ruby riot is she wasn't in bad standing. This wasn't somebody no. who wasn't featured. She was on television last week. She was on WrestleMania, you know, wrestled on WrestleMania. And I wouldn't say a great match it was fine. It was a match, you know, you were on WrestleMania and yeah. also, but also had a widely well-respected stature in the company from everyone that I could talk to that had worked there. I talked to some people that, you know, worked on different events with WWE and said that she had a great standing was well-respected this strikes me as we want to come in and, and get rid of some names and here's how much we'll, we'll save if, if yeah. we do that. And we'll do it at the expense of all the bad publicity that this may buy. Cause you have diehard fans that have their favorites and they tune in for their favorites and they get mad when their favorites get let go. That's it. You know, sure. you, you, you know, this, you, you spend enough time on wrestling Twitter. There are Stan accounts that love all of these individual people and don't understand why this would happen. And, and they are pure fans in the purest sense. And they are unadulterated. They love their characters, and they and they cherish them. And th this is a blow for those fans. That's it, guys. You know, and and everyone's gonna say, "Oh, let's go after WWE." And they're this big. I I I, I want to care about people first. Like that's kind of my yeah, first 100%. thing. And, and I, like I think because if you turn into like let's, they're all going to AEW. I let's get into that conversation. I, I don't know if all these people are going to AEW. I'm gonna be frank with you, uh, yeah. because. That market already has a lot of other people there, uh, and that are already in play. It, it, you know, uh, All Eat Wrestling is already working in partnership with Impact, already working in partnership with New Japan. Uh, does Tony Khan have the money? Yes, but does he have the bandwidth? So they're going to have this TV show on Wednesday nights, uh, uh, you know, Dynamite that's going to move over to TBS, bigger platform. Maybe some of those names could go there. 
but they also, excuse me, they also have the Friday night show Rampage, which is only going to be one hour. So maybe you want a big name wrestler there, right? Yeah. You know, so, so, all right. So I get that, right? But don't you already have all this talent already? You know, is it going to be exactly. two different rosters? Is it going to play in it? Then you have the web shows. You know, another thing about AEW that I don't think people, many, many people know it's, but it's out there. Not everyone who you see wrestle for them is locked into deals. There are some people that have specific deals that are tiered. They have a high tier deal, uh, which just Cody Rhodes has talked about and some other people. It depends on what level you are. Some people are just paid by dates. Like just, yeah. you know, and they're, they're just locked into their dates and those are the dates they come and they film that stuff. And you'd be surprised who some of those people are. Like some of those people are like people that were featured on a pay-per-view. Uh, other people are, no, that you're locked into a contract and we're going to have you here. And we're going to do all these different things. So I don't know if, if, if a Braun Strowman is a guy who's going to go over there and be in that position or something like that. Could he? Yeah, he could go over yeah. there. Yeah, he could. Uh, uh, Tommy End, if formerly known as you know Alistair Black, he's in that position. Uh, Buddy Murphy, I think, is a guy who uh, he was probably not on the high end of WWE pay or WWE stature, but was involved, knows how to do things now on camera that he probably didn't know how to do before, knows how to frame it to action. Uh, and AEW needs those guys because they have plenty of guys that, that need help with that. Uh, so I, he can come in there and be good in there. Uh, the name that of this group that definitely makes me think we go over Santana Garrett. And Ruby Riot. Uh, AEW needs as many as many hot names as they can in their female divi- their women's division and their female side of action. And, and uh, Ruby Riot, maybe wrestling again as Heidi Lovelace, uh, could could come over there and do that completely. Uh, it's just the whole thing is just a bomber, you know. It's just, and I, I don't try and spin this or say it's good. It is good for some other things. Uh, the independent wrestling scene is going to be interesting uh, sometime coming out of the summer, going Sorry. into the fall. Uh, but the problem with that is you have a lot of independent promoters who could book all these people for some fun stuff. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not including GCW in that group because they're, they've still been active and run shows, but they, they may say like, I don't have the money to bring it abroad, you know, for <laughs> a couple thousand dollars of this one shot, you know? And if you really want to make money with these people, you commit to them over a handful of shows and you make some real money and you get them going show to show and you, their fans yeah. become your fans. They become fans of uh, New York City Pro or, you know, what the regional promotions you want to work with. So, yeah, but some of those people are going to be out there in the independents. Yeah, you know, uh, I definitely think you'll see some of these people at those conventions this year. They'll be at those conventions and do stuff. Yeah. I mean, Braun would be a big money guy at yeah. any type of uh, convention. But the only thing I disagree with, I don't see a Santana Garrett. I know that AEW, you know, needs female talent, but you have to think there's a whole bunch of female talent that got released in April, like yeah. Chelsea Green, Mickey James, the Iconics. Iconics. Yeah. So, like, there's there's a whole bunch of women there that I feel like Santana Garrett is better off in, like, an Impact Wrestling or even an NWA, where she would be a bigger name for them, especially in NWA where they don't have that many female talent. Thunder Rosa is there, but her deal is uh, is up at the end of the year. They do have a Camille. They have Serena Deeb as their NWA Women's World Champion, but she's contracted by AEW. They just are bringing in Kylie Ray, but they don't really have an established core of their women's division. And, you know, Billy Corgan is talking more and more about... Oh, you, want, more, you want me to read that quote? Yes, yes. Being more <laughs> active in the wrestling scene. So I think that uh, Santana Garrett signing for Billy Corgan and NWA would be huge for them and someone that they can build that women's division around. But I know you're about to read a quote where Billy Corgan 
is thinking bigger than just putting NWA's name out there. He wants to go for the giant, for the conglomerate. Yep. Yeah. So Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know if you know this. Billy Corgan, wrestling promoter, yes. uh, is also the singer and guitarist of one of the most influential alternative rock bands of all time. Yes. Uh, and is Chicago royalty. Uh, I, I have to say that as being a Chicagoan. Uh, and he's had the NWA for some time. He's weathered it through the pandemic. They did the NWA power show, which was well-received and definitely served a role. Uh, they will have their own pay-per-view on fight.tv this Sunday called when our shadows fall. Uh, and Billy Corgan was on Sirius XM this week with Bully Ray and Dave LaGrega. Welcome busted open nation. All right. Shout out to you, Dave. Uh, and he had this to say, uh, I feel like a guy running around ringing the bell. I see this stuff. I think maybe that everybody sees it. It's going to be a hot second here, but pretty quickly, all the non WWE forces out, out there at play are going to figure out if they work together, they can topple the giant big, big thing there, right? Yes. Now you might not topple them to the ground, but you can bring them to a knee. That's, that's much more specific. And that has not been even remotely a possibility for over 20 years. It's been 20 years since the WWE had real competition. Now, if you want to say AEW versus WWE, I can respect that. But I think WWE would beg to differ on the bottom line part of it, uh, which is true. Uh, yeah. But if you're talking about a public perception, when you let this wrestling revolution in the last five years really kick in and they like talents like yourself, bully Mark Henry, step up into the new vacuum, which Triller is also creating with that kind of fight club model. Suddenly you can offer fans matchups that are complete dream matchups and can rival WrestleMania on any given night. I think it will blow this industry wide apart in a good way, not a bad way. And I think Tony Khan is very smart. He'll figure out pretty soon. Now he might be able to, uh, he might be in the catbird seat. I think he doesn't need anybody, but I think he's going to quickly figure out that if you can get everybody under the same tent, he's got a lot of people under the same tent already he does. I'm he working does. with Tony Impact's working with Tony. New Japan's working with Tony. <laughs> Tony, 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 Tony. Uh, I don't Vince, think there is... Vince, Vince, Tony, 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 Tony. Don't Tony. you be in a Vince, Vince. <laughs> uh, He goes on. I don't think there's any hostility between Tony and Ring of Honor. Uh, I mean, you put all the non-WWE players at the table in one night. How does the world not stop and watch for one night? I agree. I, I only raise my eyebrow about the Ring of Honor thing because I think if anybody of this group would have an issue with him, it, it would be it would be uh, the five people at Sinclair Broadcasting and, and Ring of Honor. Um, uh, know your history. Uh, so, I, but I do think Ring of Honor would want to be a part of this uh, this big yeah. this big anti WWE cabal. A cabal, if you will. I I'm going to call them the cabal now. Um, henceforth, they shall be known as the cabal. The cabal. Um, so he goes on to say this is a mind-blowing concept. And uh, he goes, it's going to be the NWA because a mainstream broadcasting platform is going to look and say, if you can deliver this quality level of consistency to this wide of an audience, here's a seat at the table because I don't have to sell them anything. Just look at the history. Look at the brand. Look at what you're presenting, and as long as you can figure it out, 
behind the scenes, good to go. Well, you know, give it up to uh, Billy Corgan. He stayed in the wrestling business through multi-million dollar lawsuits and uh, all these different things. He had a hand and impact for uh, a brief, brief while uh, as injected money, ran an independent promotion. This guy's people may say he's a peculiar guy, but he's definitely a guy who has endured for a long, long time in the in, overall show business. Uh, yeah. And it's been, has, has had some real success, you know, sold albums when people bought albums, sold tickets, still sells tickets. Now uh, going to headline riot fest this year, one of the bigger rock concerts in the United States. So this guy knows something about show business and everyone says, you don't know wrestling. In this case, he, he does know something. Uh, what do you think here? What do you think? I think it's it's it kind of fits with his thinking. You know, he's got kind of got that renegade, rebel against the authority type of attitude yeah. coming from his background in rock in rock and and the fact that he's been so successful. You know, whether it's in in the music business or in wrestling, this is a guy that you know he was just with like independent promotions, and then he got a stake into ECW towards the latter half of their run, and then he was he, he was very involved with them for a bit, yeah. Yeah, then he got into uh, into Impact Wrestling when Ditsy Carter was like the head and the face of everything. Billy Corgan came in and kind of pushed her out of town and took over that promotion until a whole lawsuit kind of pushed him out of the forefront. And then what he's done with NWA, he's revived it. You know, it's been on you know been on his deathbed a couple of times, and he's always seemed to revive that that promotion. So I understand his thinking with the fact that he is working with with uh aew and he's been working with them for a while with you know them using thunder rosa they've elevated the star power of thunder rosa i'm working with tony they the the secret the nwo the actual new world order that runs the world is working with tony (laughs) there you go everyone's working with tony 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 and you know he elevated the star power of thunder rosa thunder rosa was building momentum in the nwa with nwa power but she took it to another level when she came over with the nwa women's world championship over to aew versus hikaru Shida last year at all out and she's been elevating herself ever since then she's had a match of the year candidate a really groundbreaking matchup with Britt baker earlier this year that bloody unsanctioned match which elevated not only thunder rosa and Britt baker star power but elevated women's wrestling overall so we've already seen the the forefront of how this can be and it's drawn money like it's drawn viewers we saw that with the Britt baker versus thunder rosa match whether it was at beach break or at saint saint patrick's day slam you saw that with nagata versus moxley a couple of weeks ago for the iwgp united states championship you saw kenta come over to aew and draw viewers for aew and draw a lot of buzz for the promotion and the fact that the forbidden door is open so it has a lot of credence of what he's saying. If everybody comes together and they can create some type of super show and do it in a stadium, whether that's in Jacksonville or somewhere else, a destination type location, this is something that could rival uh, a SummerSlam or rival a WrestleMania or be the akin to Wrestle Kingdom in Japan here in, yeah. the, here in America. It's a very fun concept and it's a very fun thought. Do I think it's going to come to fruition? I kind of always doubt how all these I'm big 50, time players. I'm fifty fifty on the idea of this being being what he conceives it to be, or at least. But mind you, he's vague. He's not saying he's, yeah. it's going to be this. And you know, uh, the the most interesting thing is he brings up, and this we're getting to sports media. Some people in the wrestling bubble said, "Oh, what what did he bring up with the Triller thing?" So Triller Fight Club 
is a, a media marketing company was trying to launch a social media app and they had a lot of investment. And the one person that got involved with this was the, the Paul brothers, Jake and Logan, yeah. who are uh, the lightning sticks of uh, Gen Z media at the moment. And people who hate them will watch to hate them. People who love them will watch because the people who hate them, watch them. They're the heels of anyone under the age of 25, under the age of 30 at the moment. Right. Pretty much. So, um, you know, he gets into this boxing thing and it becomes a real moneymaker for them. And they're doing pro wrestling stuff. And you even saw one of the Paul brothers at WrestleMania this year, take a stunner. Right. And, exactly. and I'll mind you, he did that on the undercard. They didn't, they didn't even use that on the main event. You will see more. I wouldn't be surprised. You saw more of the Paul brothers. In WWE. I think so. Yeah. yeah we, we, saw, we saw a vignette with, with Jake and Logan sparring before WrestleMania at, on WWE television. So there's a lot. I mean, yeah. They're, they're yeah. Uh, you notice how the Paul show. brothers got a, they got a free commercial for their, their trailer pay-per-view, which was coming up around the same time. Exactly. exactly. Their draws within themselves. The fact that it, it, it shouldn't sneeze at the fact that Floyd Money Mayweather, one of the highest drawing, most profitable boxers of the past two yeah. decades, is having a fight with him. A fight that doesn't really matter. It's not going to have judges. They're going to have different, different weighted uh, gloves. It's an exhibition fight. But I guarantee you, but that's going to. What is all the marketing? Than, all the marketing gonna, is pro wrestling psychology. Let's have a press conference. Let's go off on each other and let's let's talk some shiz and let's try and make it personal. And then yep. here's the day when you get the payoff, right? Pro wrestling. All right. And, and let's put as much sauce on a steak as we possibly can. It's really about the sauce than it is the steak. Um, so that that's pro wrestling to it. See, that's why you find it satisfying. That's why you come into it. And that's why it's entertaining. And they did make these like, these concepts here you did this mike tyson fight too as well you know yeah. where you got tyson back and it was an exhibition you get the star you get to see a star be a star again uh with limitations so you don't expose them at all but how do you do that when you have all these brands that want to be number one and want to take on WWE? the balance of it is going to be uh i'm tony khan i have all the money so i get to buy all the buy the top talent i have the best tv deal and you guys get to come along because i want that person and i want this person and i would like I want the rub of New Japan, so I don't want that, you know? So, like, my issue with this is, where's the rub for everybody else? <laughs> you know, like, if the rub is just they get exposure on this big super show. Well, then that then it isn't really super. And, and then it just becomes, well, we got to do it because Tony wants to. <laughs> like, we got to do it because if we don't get it, then we're not. And then you just, you're just less than, you know? Um... I could see something where these brands get together on some merchandising type things. If AEW puts out a video game, if a Nick Aldis was in the game, that'd be a cool thing. Yeah. You know, and those are money deals. We are clear cut exposure for our guy. It's consistent. The game goes out. People are out there. Um, I have no issue with it. Uh, WWE did that with people that weren't, they had legends. They got people in back to the fold. Hey, here's a video game deal. Do it with them. And when, if you like that deal, come back and maybe we'll work with you again. They did they did it with Sting. They did it with a handful of people. Things like that, I think, could work too. Uh, but the trailer thing is interesting because it's him saying, like, there's see, there's a market here. Like, there's a market for this attraction where people want to see names, and it exists out of that general boxing sphere of pay-per-view, Manny Pacquiao, Canela, repeat, you know, like the, the names you know. And But they said, hey, we're just going to take these popular people and put them in, and it's a spectacle, right? Some people yeah. were critical of it, but it's noteworthy. Um I'm intrigued. 
I'm intrigued to see what Billy's saying here with everything going on. Uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting year. <laughs> if you I mean, thought, if you I mean, thought last year with AEW get, get, getting going on television was interesting, if you thought WWE's response to it with, Hey, let's make NXT kick ass. And I do think NXT is kicking ass. I do. I'm looking forward to the in your house show in June. Uh, I, I think they're going to do some big things. I think WWE is going to try and do some really special stuff with live shows coming back. They're not doing that. Not going full force guys. Oh, yeah. They're not, they're not going to, they're not going to do that and not try and do something special on it. I think that first Friday night SmackDown is going to be treated like a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a number of returns, but you can also like with all the, with the Billy Corgan thought, you've already seen that it does have an impact to work with each other because mm-hmm. speaking of impact, AEW has very much impact impact wrestling because year over year, their ratings are up on access TV. They just came off the two biggest buy rates of the last 10 years for the promotion at, uh, at hard to kill in January and the Rebellion pay-per-view that was headlined by Neil Omega versus Rich Swan for both championships. I mean, you've already seen that Nagata being on AEW Dynamite he drew a huge rating with, in turn, them sending John Moxley over to New Japan Strong to have matches with Kenta, draw some of their biggest ratings and draw a lot of subscriptions for New Japan World. So already we are seeing that working together does have an impact on the business end and putting more eyes on these products. So I'm I'm looking forward to what's to come, and I have a lot of optimism for not only all these promotions that are non WWE, but WWE within themselves. Because yeah. I think we wanted for so long is another promotion or all these promotions to light a fire under the butts of WWE, and them coming back in front of live fans and all the changes that are going on in their company. I think it's a good time to be. Did a you call them a company? Did you call them a company? Was that a word flub, or were you uh, trying to sneak was- in something clever? It was a it was a word flow, but I'm gonna keep it. They're a crumpy because don't call they, them a crumpy. They do they do ah, crummy stuff. Now I gave they you do, a thing to piss do, me off. They with. do crummy stuff and they're Stop a company. It. They're a Stop company. It. They're a crumpy. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> with uh with uh anti WWE sentiment riding high because people get angry on the internet. Uh, I wanted to get into this. This is uh some of the great stuff we're doing collaboratively. Uh, great people working on this. Uh, shout out to Aranava. Shout out to Sarushek, our team working on these videos. If you haven't seen it on our YouTube channel and on our Facebook watch page as well, you can uh, watch these great top five videos we put together, which are very humorous and very ridiculous. And I got to work on one. I'm quite happy about it. It is the top five, top five AEW stars who turned down WWE. Let's get into this. Okay. Give me one second. I'll press this button and we're going to play it. The WWE brand and the grand stage it provides is quite hard to resist, but there are several pro wrestling superstars who managed to turn down the lucrative contracts that Stanford, Connecticut sends their way. In fact, the scenario in all Elite wrestling would have been very different if these big names joined WWE. How would Dynamite explode if it didn't have these explosive talents? Yeah, we're going to use a lot of pyrotechnic references in this video. I'm Kevin Kellum, and here are five AEW wrestlers who turned down offers from the WWE. Team Taz is currently a mainstay on AEW television and consists of some promising young talent led by everyone's wisecracking human suplex machine, Taz. And that is Taz with one Z. 
the 2Z Taz worked in WWE. Will Hobbs is one of Taz's toughest talents in his orange and black flock, and at 30 years old, he has a lot of years left in the tank. In his appearance on the AEW Unrestricted podcast, Hobbs revealed that he had a WWE tryout a while ago, but didn't make it in the end. Later, WWE contacted him for a deal only after he had a match in AEW. According to Hobbs, the WWE tryout was good, but they didn't have anything for him at the time. Immediately after he appeared on All Elite Wrestling, WWE once again tried to get in touch with Hobbs for a potential contract. He straight up refused WWE's offer as he felt the company was just trying to get him in a deal to prevent him from working with AEW. He's currently aligned with Team Taz and his future in AEW looks promising. Number four, Hangman Adam Page. An interesting aspect of Adam Page is that he is one of AEW's talents who are, for most part, a homegrown name, not already established with other big promotions like Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. It was clear from the beginning that AEW had big plans for him. I mean, he faced Jericho to crown the first ever AEW world champion. Interestingly, Page rejected an offer from the WWE not too long before signing with AEW. According to Hangman, WWE put a lot of effort into approaching him to the point that he actually considered agreeing to the deal. Imagine seeing Horseman Adam Pager debuting on an episode of NXT. After all, every wrestler at one point wants to get the rub from WWE, and as a fan of pro wrestling since childhood, Page thought of that as a possible platform for him. Eventually, he rejected the deal and went to AEW with the rest of the elite faction. Hangman was a surprise entrant in the Casino Battle Royale at AEW Double or Nothing 2019. He ended up winning the whole thing, eliminating MJF. Page was then given the shot at the newly formed AEW World title, but failed to defeat Chris Jericho at All Out. He later won the AEW World Tag Team titles with Kenny Omega and may very well be the one to take the AEW World title off of Omega in the future. Yeah, that story could really blow up for him. Boom! Explosive callbacks! Told you to be ready for these references. Number 3. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF one look at the AEW star MJF is enough for fans to realize that this guy has it. And by it, we mean he pisses you off. WWE legend Jim Cornette, who usually has nothing but criticism for AEW, has praised the young brash superstar on several occasions. He is currently one of the biggest heels in the business and a leader of the bad dude faction, The Pinnacle. Last year, MJF opened on his decision to sign with AEW over WWE. He believed that WWE would try to change his character, and he believes this is the way he wants to handle himself currently in AEW. Quote, it's just a fact. They would try to change me and there's nothing to change, MJF stated. MJF's first major feud in AEW was with ex-mentor Cody Rhodes, which ended with MJF picking up the big win over the AEW EVP on pay-per-view. He possesses excellent mic skills, is fully capable of producing a great pro wrestling outing anytime he's in the ring, and at just 25 years old, MJF has a long road ahead of him and is currently going to be in line at some point to be an AEW champion in the next few years. Or maybe he finds his way to WWE in the future. There's a lot to be seen for MJF. Time is on his side to blow up big. Boom! Even more explosive references. You gotta be ready. Number two, Kenny Omega. 
Kenny Omega was one of the biggest stars to sign with AEW. The promotion made it a point to promote their first AEW Dull or Nothing pay-per-view match against Chris Jericho as their main attraction for weeks on end, finally culminating in a big blockbuster number one contenders match at the show. In early 2019, Omega explained in an interview why he chose to sign with AEW. According to Omega, WWE was fantastic, professional, and courteous in the way they dealt with him, but he felt AEW presented something he couldn't beat. Omega added that AEW feels like the true platform for him to be creative and be the type of professional wrestler he wants to be. Yeah, it does not hurt that Omega is the AEW, AAA, and Impact World Champion right now. That's, that's probably a part of it. Kenny Omega certainly made a wise decision by signing with AEW, and to WWE, he simply said goodbye, good night, and bang! Boom! You didn't even know I was going to work in that explosive reference. That's Kenny Omega's catchphrase. You had to be ready for that one. Number one, John Moxley. Current AEW star John Moxley was fed up with the way he is being handled on WWE television, and by the time 2018 was approaching its end, he had made a decision. He was going to stick with it no matter what was happening. In early 2019, Wade Keller of PW Torch reported that Moxley had a meeting with WWE Chairman Vince McMahon, and he was offered a five-year extension, which included a raise, but he ended up turning the offer down. Moxley didn't flinch one bit and parted ways with WWE months later with the send-off of several televised matches. Moxley came out following Chris Jericho's win over Kenny Omega at AEW's first pay-per-view event and attacked both stars to a massive crowd reaction. Last year, Moxley defeated Jericho to become the second-ever AEW World Champion and held it for several months before dropping the title to a new villainous Kenny Omega on AEW Dynamite. Moxley would later try to regain the AEW World title in an exploding barbed wire deathmatch on pay-per-view. Boom! Another explosive reference. Oh, yeah. Remember the way that match ended? It wasn't that explosive if you remember the way that match ended. Yeah. The fireworks kind of fizzled out there for a bit. Sorry to bring that up. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It's safe to say that Moxley doesn't regret his decision going to AEW at all. And that's it for our list today. What did you think? Is there a pick that you would like to see jump from WWE to AEW? Is there an AEW star you'd like to see go to WWE? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to subscribe to Sports Gear Wrestling here on YouTube with your notifications on so you know when we drop fresh videos. Do what the man told you to do. I don't know that man, but do what he told you to do. Uh, so, uh, what what do you think of that list? To put that together, I thought that was a pretty, a pretty, a pretty solid production. That was a that was a cyber sec cyber check joint. You see that? Why we can we explosions? How do we have better pyro in a video than than they had? Uh, <laughs> they had in this. How do we have better pyro? And and that uh, for people who didn't see the video version of the show who are just listening to the audio, we edited in even more. Cybershack edited in even more little pyro, like superimposed it. <laughs> we we did some still shots from the last pay per view where WWE uh, AEW had the unfortunate ending with the exploding barbed wire death match, which was just some kind of off pyro stuff they did, right? That that the internet roasted, fizzled, fizzled. He edited in like little sparklers. <laughs> I like, lost it when I saw that. Um, sure. so I, I'm, well done. A little, I'm a little smart ass, aren't I? I'm a little silly smart ass. What do you think, you, Sid? You do, you do exploding uh, pun very, very well, sir. And one of the guys that you mentioned, we got to say a congratulations to Hangman Page, who's mm. expecting his first child. Uh, congratulations, he, congratulations he to him. On uh, his social media, congrats. Yeah. And uh, congratulations to him and his and his, and his partner, and uh, they're, they're gonna have a wonderful uh, baby out here on the way. Congratulations to them. Does it become dad man? Did it become dad man? 
Is he cowboy dad? Is he, does it change him? Hang does dad? It, yeah. Does it change hang his character? Hang, hang dad? Hang dad? Hang dad sounds a little bit more <laughs> suggestive of some things. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm gonna tell people don't go googling hang dad. Just don't go. Just don't go googling Google that. It's gonna send you some places you don't want to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hang dad page. Uh, let, let's get into some. Let's get into some interesting WWE news. Some WWE news that isn't just like people complaining about stuff. It does play off of this though. Uh, our conversation before we did that AEW video is the WWE up for sale? Is WWE for sale? Uh, this has been growing the past year or two. So let's put all the pieces together and see uh, how this comes together. Let it be noted, if you're listening or watching, at no point is Sports Key to telling you that WWE is for sale when no official has come forward and said, yes, we're, we are for sale. Or there is a, a verified report. We've seen some of them out there, uh, but it's worth noting, uh, no, we're holding off on that conversation. It is just widespread speculation at this point. So yeah. how did the speculation get going? George Barrios and, and uh, another executive whose name eludes me at the moment. Michelle uh, Wilson. Thank you. I was going to, I wanted to say Michelle, but I didn't have Michelle's last name in front of me. I have my notes. Yes. I have Michelle Wilson here. I scrolled too fast past it. Uh, but uh, they were uh, big proponents of the W network and they got the network going. And then uh, Vince McMahon and the board felt like the network had kind of like figured out where it was uh, and that they wanted to do something different. And so they went in a different direction. And that was uh, contracting within the United States, their con their content to Peacock for the premium. So all the pay-per-views would go there. The on-demand library would go there. The on-demand library is still making its way over there, but you're getting all of the big events. You know, your SummerSlams, Money Banks, those are the main reason you have those. So those are on NBC Universal's Peacock. Worth noting, NBC Universal, one of the major media companies in the world. Massive company, worth about $35 billion. Yeah. All right, so huge, huge, huge company. This comes together while at the same time that deal was being worked on, WWE reportedly had some type of discussion with Disney and uh, ESPN. And we had heard rumblings of around WrestleMania 36 time that WrestleMania could possibly become a pay-per-view with a traditional pay-per-view model tied to it. We heard those reports and those are verified reports. Uh, and uh, that's two major media companies. They're outside of WWE. Yeah. WWE uh, has a pending still active contract with Fox where their number one TV show currently, which is smacked and airs on Fridays on network television. And guess what? It does pretty well. It does, it does like a very good demographic number and is widely ahead of any other wrestling show right now in terms of viewership. It has a very wide margin of success. So money at Ross still active with NBC universal. That's another billion dollar deal. So you have $3 billion deals, two of them, two of those billion dollar deals, one for raw, that's still going, all right? And the Peacock deal, which brings, you know, the network over there in the United States. Then you have the Fox deal. Then you had discussions apparently with Disney. Enter Nick Khan, not Tony Khan. Uh, the Khan man up in the Connecticut, you know, you, you heard Tony Khan call him that, right? Yes. So Nick Khan comes in, a very, very successful guy. He was promoted this past week to the WWE Board of Directors. He's already the president, so now he's on the board. So now he's even seeing even more. He has even more influence on this. And there's been more, even more shakeups of people coming in from the Atlanta Hawks, from different major promote, uh, major companies. A lot of executive changes in WWE. These releases, 
where some people with big money tied to them. So if you're trying, they had, they uh, you know, they took out some redundancy in their graphics department a week and a half ago, uh, where uh, I believe more than two dozen people were released in various different roles off screen. Uh, there were furloughs. There were layoffs during the pandemic. A lot of companies did that, right? Yeah. So I don't hold those against WWE because some of those are sadly expected. Everyone thinks this is pointing towards WWE preparing for a sale. What do you think? I laid it all out there for minutes on end. I'm tired of talking about numbers. <laughs> I think that more than any time in my lifetime, it is a possibility. It is a possibility. These are all the type of things that companies do before they are setting up for a potential sale. Do I think it's going to happen in the next year? No. Do I think it's going to happen in the next two years? No. But there's always- You think it'll happen though? There's always a five to 10 year plan when it comes to companies like WWE. And I think that the five to 10 year plan points to them potentially selling. I think it's more going to be akin to the UFC where they sold, they sold their company, but they kept Dana White in his management position where Dana Wright is able to set up his matches and, you know, you know, still have a lot of power within the company where he's able to dictate things. You know, mm -hmm. the cards are made up by, by uh, Dana White. He's still the promoter so i think that it's going to be more akin to that type of deal where they're going to sell to a bigger company whether that's an amazon and nbc and espn or disney but the mcmahon family will still be in control of management vince mcmahon would still be you know ahead the head of creators you know I, I, mean, I mean who knows i'm not i mean crazier things have happened in wrestling that we didn't think would ever happen and i think some of those are just the network like 10, 15 years ago, anyone saying that there would be like a Netflix for wrestling or a Netflix. We didn't even have Netflix then, right? Yeah. That there would be this type, because the media is completely different than it was five years ago, let alone 10 years ago. Uh, and there's so many more things about WWE that are valuable that you don't exactly include. I didn't even talk about their YouTube. Their digital presence is insane. Like they're, they're, if you could buy their social media presence alone, that would be worth something, you know. Like if, you just want, if, you, if we're talking about dicing this company up into pieces, right? Um, but overall, that tape library is worth a lot. You know, uh, that touring division is worth a lot. There's people that will just go to WWE. WrestleMania is worth a lot. The whole thing is pretty big. Um, this uh, this plays into a bunch of different things I've been reading about uh, about WWE also looking at themselves. Not just as oh yeah, we're, we're not a wrestling show. We're we're a media company, and wrestling is our base of creating content. And one company that took that mentality and got very very successful with it, and got out of their own bubble was Marvel. And there's been a lot of talk from people who know people in WWE that WWE has for the last ten years wanted to look at itself like Marvel. When Marvel took itself out of the dredges and people weren't buying comics, but they were diehard fans, right? We have our base and build on them, right? Uh, but how do we get casuals or people that come in and out? How do we get them on board? Cartoons, movies, reboot the characters, make them a little bit darker, give them more accessibility. So if a major media company comes in and buys WWE and says, all right, we're going to make movies and all these different things, things that WWE has tried to do themselves, you know, like, they made movies with people. Some of them were fine, but a lot of direct-to-DVD things that just kind of complemented the characters and 
It was fine, right? You know, yeah. like the like the those Flintstone Scooby Doo movies were fun. Like those were just fun, dude. Anyone got mad? I watched one of those. I can't even remember what it was about. I was like, this is just this is a hoot. This is fun, man. Like I, I enjoyed it. Like and, uh, and there were some bad action movies and horror stuff they made. Um, uh, the Condemned. I actually like the Condemned. With Stone Cold Steve Austin. Maybe I the think the movie. first the first Marine was pretty good, in my opinion. It ridiculous. Was, the first it, the first Marine is a ridiculous movie, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> if you is. enjoy a good, just like over the top action movie, you got it. You got it's it. Very very akin to like the eighties action movies. Yes, it was in like two thousand five, two thousand six. Yes. So it was it was great, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. It, it, so they've tried those things. You know, and Vince McMahon is fond of doing things outside of the wrestling bubble, and everyone says, "Oh, he hates wrestling." But mm, no. he hates wrestling the way people tell him he's supposed to do wrestling. How about that? Uh, so, what do you think of this? I, I, I know you, you think it could happen that someone from the, involved with the family, the McMahon family, would be involved with it. I think it'd be a real mistake if you bought this and you just said, "We're, we just, we're just going to get rid of everybody who's running this, and we're going to come in and do this." Because we we've, we've seen a media company run a wrestling company. <laughs> poorly you know uh wcw and turner broadcasting and warner media where aew is now that that has happened before and eric bischoff noted that the worst thing that happened to us was there was this big merger where time Warner bought it and these executives came in and said we know it's making money but we just don't like it <laughs> it was like like that's that's bad um i know some people say wrestling isn't as popular as it once was I think it's popular enough where you have so you have millions and millions of people that watch it all the time. I also think Nielsen ratings are incredibly outdated. If you just base it off overnight ratings the next day, it isn't there. If you look at social media trends, wrestling is very popular. Like, I don't know how a show can't be is number one, but the, the releases yesterday were number one for four or five hours on Comscore. you know, like, and that's, that's not just Twitter. That's across the web. So like they were doing, we had incredible traffic on sports key yesterday and it's not because I'm proud of it. Oh, wow. We got great traffic in this sad news. No, it's just people want to know what's going on and they're talking about wrestling. So I still think there's an interest there. I do think WWE will do good business this summer. There'll be some more demand for it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I if maybe there isn't even a complete sale, maybe they just want an investment, a uh, bigger investment of cash and stuff like that. Maybe they want bigger licensing deals. You know, you know, I've always thought, why isn't there a WWE theme park? You know, <laughs> and why isn't there a, if NBC Universal is going to buy it? Okay. So you want to do dream stuff? Okay. Tell me who you want to buy it because I'll tell you who I want. I want it to be NBC Universal and I want a Universal Studios where I can go and see NXT all the time. All right. If I have my, if I may, if I have my Universal Studios pass in Orlando and uh, WWE show there every week and the Hall of Fame. That's that's part of the deal. All right. NBC Universal buys it. We get a Hall of Fame. We get a permanent thing at the theme park. And we get a wrestling show. That's what I'm thinking. That though th- that that's part of the dream. And you're on Peacock. Cool. All right. I'm a Peacock it's, subscriber. I get to buy WWE tickets first or something like that. Make it, it worth my wild. Make it worth my wild. You're like you're like washing both hands at the same time. Yes. I think I think to me. Disney is kind of the move for WWE because if you want to be like Marvel, you want to WWE for the longest time. I've said they don't want to be a wrestling company. They want to be an entertainment company. You want to be more akin to Marvel. Disney is the play and Disney would allow you to, I think would keep the McMahons in power because they know better. Like they did with, Mm -hmm. with Marvel. They kept Tony, uh, the guys in charge there and how they wanted to do their movies, how they wanted to set up their universe. 
they kept it in play. So I think that Disney would be the right move where the McMahon family would still be in charge, They but they would have a whole bunch of money behind them yeah. in a company that has been around for probably my grand my grandfather and yeah and a, and, a, and a company that knows how to merchandise the hell out of everything you exactly. know and they have they have all they have their own theme park thing they are the theme park company and you know universal studios in orlando and california was built around the idea of we're going to build them within a reasonable distance <laughs> of the other theme park you know um i don't know i mean it's crazy to think of anyone not mcmahon owning this you know um and is this is this McMahon saying hey I'm in my mid seventies you know I know what life is like so uh, uh, Triple H doesn't get to run the show you know he doesn't he doesn't get to have it but I don't everyone always I heard some people say that really when these rumors come oh he's gonna get screwed out of it you know he went through all this stuff just to get like come on. They they've been showing them the memes of uh, Triple H crying and being like when you when you've waited twenty years to own the company and then your eye it's ruined it's taken from you and Nick Khan the contract on the on the contract to buy WWE the name of the contracts is Tony Khan it doesn't it says Khan but it's Nick Khan I saw that I saw that and uh, it's and I heard some people say why doesn't uh, why doesn't uh, Tony Khan buy WWE he can buy it. Guys, uh, he's he's make he's making his own WWE. That's kind of what he's what he's going for. So I don't know if him buying it is exactly the good idea. Uh, he could definitely buy a piece of it. I think he could buy it if he wanted to. But yeah, yes, they, they have the price. I've heard some people saying they probably have more wealth than the McMahon's or something like that. But I'm of the thought if anyone buys it, it's NBC Universal. Uh, and it's NBC Universal because of the long-standing relationship that they already have with WWE that b- dates back into the 80s, whereas NBC's been with them when it's good, when it's hot. You know, WWE's been with NBC when they're not hot, when they had the kerfuffle of Conan O'Brien's going to be our late-night guy and Jay Leno's going to be our late-night guy. And, you know, that was a big disaster for <laughs> NBC as a company. And, yes, it was. You know, and uh, but at the same time, like, WWE's a brand that has been near NBC on and off since like their their mainstream explosion, you know, Dick Ebersol, a guy who helped get, you know, he brought on Lauren Michaels and launched Saturday Night Live and was involved with that as a long running brand. A long, how do you keep a brand hot? Let's say, you know, Saturday Night Live, oh, it sucks. I don't watch it, right? But just like WWE, Saturday Night Live, I'll make this example. NBC's been able to keep it there and keep it going, even when it's off a little bit. It still keeps going and it still drives the needle and it's still a TV show that people talk about and people care about the history about it and are invested in the past of it as an institution. NBC Universal understands how to keep an entertainment-based property that is long-running like that, that has a lot of variable parts that sometimes pisses people off but gets them to come back. I think that's a better option. Disney could do great with it. But uh, is Disney going to do what they did with Star Wars? Where they're going to come in and we're just going to, we just want to do feel good stuff. We're not going to do anything testy. You know, we're, we're a family company. Whereas, you know, some people like to see WWE tiered. Oh, well, this show is TV 14 and this is that. NBC would do that. <laughs> NBC would say, like, yeah, like yeah. NXT, your heavy metal show, and give us, you know, our top 40 pop rock with Raw and SmackDown. You know, they would do that. You know, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's purely speculation, but I, I don't yeah. know. Well, we already seen with them going to Peacock that they had to edit a lot of certain things out of their history, yeah. whether it be oh, anybody, anybody buys it. In, what are they in the do? blackface? Yeah, a lot of the Attitude Era 
we are not going to be seeing that much longer. If WWE does have a potential sale, the 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 main era that brought in so many different fans, it's going to be cut and shred to pieces, in my opinion. It's a distinct possibility. I understand that, though. That's anybody, any company you're yeah. going to work with now. So it's, it's anything. As long as you can watch all the great matches, oh, a couple of promos where they said something you, that was funny in 2002, you can't do that anymore. What are you talking about? What do you mean? I can't say insert thing you shouldn't say anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not politically correct for. Yes, uh, let, let's let's get into this story. Brock Lesnar. Uh, I know we've been talking for an hour, but uh, this comes up all the time, so we didn't have to cover it early on. Maybe you maybe you've already dipped out of the video. Well, enjoy the podcast, by the way. Uh, if you're checking out the podcast, let us know. Tell people about it. If you have podcast wrestling friends, spread the word. We are available on Spotify. We're available on all the different podcasty apps. Big Brock, big Brock Lesnar news. When is he coming back? When is he coming back? Of all the people that are not under contract in wrestling right now, that people would like to see under contract, either in a big televised wrestling stage, uh, he is the one that I think is the most likely to come back sooner than later. I think you'd see him back before Becky Lynch. I think you'd see him back uh, before CM Punk, obviously. Oh, he was commenting about the releases this week. He had a lot to say about it on, on social media. He did. Uh, but Brock coming back makes sense. I don't think Brock wants to wrestle on a smaller stage like AEW. That is not a shot at AEW. Could they afford him? Yes. Would he be as comfortable there? No. Uh, I think he would be comfortable because he's done business with WWE for a long, long time here. They give him what he wants. They pay him a lot to do it. And he comes in and he does it. And he, guess what? He doesn't like traveling. But the word is Brock likes being in front of a crowd. Brock is happy when he gets to go out and be in front of a crowd and be violent and be a personality. And then he gets out of the ring and he's not happy anymore. All right. Uh, and Brock likes to do it in big stages. Maybe even likes to do it in a way where he could prove something to combat sports, which turned its back on him in Nevada, you know, and, uh, you know, he got him for performance enhancing drugs and all those different things, but turned his back on him. All right. And he would go with WWE and sell out a football stadium in Las Vegas the same night that Manny Pacquiao is across town with a pay-per-view. The talk is Brock Lesnar back for SummerSlam, and the stage that we're supposed to get that is August 21st, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Huge, huge uh, scenario right there. Yes, Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer on Wrestling Observer Live first reported it, brought this up. Uh, we heard a lot of Brock Lesnar's name on Monday Night Raw, Drew McIntyre, and Kofi Kingston. That was the tell up. to me, too, wasn't it? Was that a tell for you? Oh, yeah. They bring up, the, you know, their past with him as as well as, you know, Drew McIntyre has a lot left on the table with Brock Lesnar. Even even my daughter loves loves hearing about Brock Lesnar, potentially, Brock Lesnar <laughs> potentially coming back. Uh, you got the WWE champion Bobby Lashley, the <laughs> WWE Universal champion Roman Reigns. They have potential matchups, money matchups with him. This is the perfect time for Brock Lesnar to come back. They want to sell out Alliance Stadium in Las Vegas on a very competitive night with the Manny Pacquiao fight. You need these big names. We've already heard John Cena potentially coming back. Edge, who's been off since WrestleMania. Sasha Banks, who's been off since WrestleMania. But you need that headline name. You need a bigger name. And it's been a and whole a year. Name. A fresh yeah. name to combine with the players that have been there for a while. We haven't seen Brock exactly. in over a year and a half. Yeah, and he's like I said, he has all these money matchups that he could potentially come back to, whether it's against a John Cena, whether it's against a Drew McIntyre. Me personally, him and Bobby Lashley, 
uh, take my money now. That's the matchup that I want to see. That's a matchup that they've been teasing for well over a decade. So you come back and that's your WWE championship matchup. That's how you sell out SummerSlam. I will say this. I'll counter this. Okay. It's Brock though. So maybe Brock has a personal relationship with someone who's managing another prominent champion in WWE. Roman no, but, but this is how, this is how you do it. You have Brock come back as laid out fantasy book. The beats, whole thing. He beats, Brock, he beats Bobby Lashley. He's the WWE champion. What's the next big pay-per-view survivor series, the best of the best, the so universal champion. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you got me. Champion. I'm on board. I'm on board. You got and me. You I'm locked in. Money matchups. I, I'm, I, you, Sid, Sid no skid this week. Sid, you did not skid. All right. All right. All right. Uh, no skid this week, Sid. I, I like I like the way you laid it out. I'm I'm on board with that. I'm I gotta, on board I gotta, with that. We got to close out the podcast strong with my fantasy booking. I put on Come my on. Oh, oh, and I, and you got to make it about yourself. You had, to, you had to reel it in and make it about yourself. No, dude. no, no. I put on my Tony hat. I put on my Tony hat. I'm thinking real money. I'm thinking real. You have the Vince Tony, hat. Tony, I got, Tony, I got Tony. Everybody works with Tony. <laughs> you got the Vince hat. I got the Tony hat. Vince, Vince, Vince. Tony, Tony, Tony. This is how we do it. Oh, all right, Sid. Tell them what you got going on outside of Sports Keto. Uh, you can check me out over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We're also on all your favorite audio podcast platforms. True Hill Heat 128. We talk about a whole bunch of news with the releases. We talk about uh, the big shows with New Japan and NWA over the weekend. I'm also here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel every single Friday night after SmackDown with Rick Uccino and Dutch Mantel. You can also see me on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel every single Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. BST with Alex McCarthy on Wrestling Daily. Kick ass, man. Thank you so much for your contributions. Hopping in here for Rick. Busy, busy week for us. Once again, if you haven't done already, go ahead and subscribe to Sports Keto Wrestling on the on the uh, podcast apps, wherever you find them. Let us know what your experience is. Do you like it? Do you like listen to it? Does it feel the same as the videos? If you don't, let us know. If you love it, give us a five-star review. Go ahead and share those links, all right? If you haven't done already, go ahead and subscribe to us as well on YouTube. I had some people send me pictures of the show on their TV, which was pretty sweet. Uh, I thought that was a pretty fun thing to do. That is pretty um, cool. We continue to do the top story of the day, Monday through Friday, right around 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, keep an eye out for that. I pop up on those all the time. We will be live after those pay-per-views coming up as well. So keep your eyes out. So it's another good thing, whatever app you get us on, um, make sure your notifications are on. All right, so make sure your notifications are on on YouTube so you know exactly when we go live. All right, so make sure those are on on your phone, all those different things. You know, like the pay-per-view, we had Dynamite. We were like, is it going to end three and a half hours? It's going to be four hours? We had to keep pushing back the stream a little bit. So you'll know exactly when we'll go live. All right. Thank you guys so much. Check me out as well on the radio Monday through Friday. You can catch me in the mornings on 97.7 QLZ and middays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time on the X 1049. You can get those all on the TuneIn Radio app. My links are up as well on my Twitter. Give me a follow. At Kev Kellum. I'm going to be busy. We've got comedy shows. Got a whole bunch of different things. Uh, I'm going to be playing Zany's Comedy Club in Chicago at the end of the month. On, uh, Very nice. On the 30th, last Wednesday of the month. So a lot going on. A lot of things that make my girlfriend go, when are you going to stop? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, will, I will take some time to stop right now and remind you when watching wrestling, please do the most important thing, which is what, Sydney? Enjoy wrestling. Tell them.